everybody, get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We have an amazing show with all kinds of great food and chefs and an international visitor. You're mm-hmm. going to hear all about it right now. Just want to thank our sponsors, uh, Profish, The Point, uh, Tony and Joe's, Nick's Riverside Grill, and the Ivy City Smokehouse for sponsoring the show. If you're not a sponsor, shame on you and get in touch. All right, our drink segment's going to be fun today. Um uh, the Palestinian pop-up Shababi Chicken teams with Please Bring Chips, which is a very cool event space and caterer on H Street, to deliver events you won't forget. Uh, and with us today is Shababi's executive chef and founder, Marcel Afram, and he's brought along Kat Dean, who's director of operations for Please Bring Chips. It gets stuck in your mouth. Please bring chips. I feel like Roger Rabbit. Please bring chips. They're going to be mixing up cocktails for us. Um, we want to say benvenuto to our visitor online, uh, Sarah B- Sara Baroni. Oh, She's the brand manager for Vinci Fine Italian Chocolates. They've been making chocolates for 140 years. And gelato. And I, I think um, I, I was born about the time they went into business. Um, they do gelati. They do chocolates. Uh, they've got a, a, a retail store now in Tyson's Corner. You're going to hear all about it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to. I really want to get into this because Vinci Chocolates recipes. Are, are made with health in mind. It's not just a bunch of sugar, and, and, and that's a really interesting point. We were also joined by Tony DiGregorio, who's now the executive chef at Kingbird Restaurant in the Watergate. He's launched a new menu with his imprimatur on it. Mm-hmm. Imprimatur? I don't know. Okay. I don't speak English. Um, but it's modern American cuisine with a, with a French twist, which sounds really interesting. I want to hear all about that. And last but never least... Colin McClymonds is with us. He's the chef owner of DC's Nina May and the new Opal. And um, he and I share an interesting connection in the past. We are both Marais School alums. Okay. You'll hear all about that. And we're going to hear about Opal from, from Colin. All right. Can we get on with the show? Yes. Like let's talk to Marcel and Kat. Okay. So- let's talk about Shababi because, Marcel, you joined us during the pandemic because you launched Shababi as a way to stay busy, for lack of a better term. During the pandemic. So let's talk about what you were doing and how you wound up here today. Yeah. So Shababi was, you know, came about to be as what was supposed to be a one month pop up in January of 2021 that lasted three, uh, sorry, nine months into right. September of 2021. Um, and, you know, to great reception. And we were so thrilled that really opened up the door to the next step, which was and still is in many facets. But were you looking uh, to open up your own space? As a shababi, or was shababi just like a like you know keeping yourself busy, making some money kind of thing? I think you know at first it was like let's see what happens with this mm-hmm. idea because I really was like I want to do chicken and French fries. You know, went home and told my wife like I, I have this idea for Palestinian chicken and French fries. Let's see what happens with it. And mm-hmm. I think you know during the duration of the pop up that was in a ghost kitchen in Virginia, when you know we were able to run it successfully for nine months, we were like this can definitely open the door to a brick and mortar. And that, of course, is still part of the plan. And we spent much of 2022 um, looking for and in lease negotiations. We walked away from that deal. Fine. It was what it was. But this concept is just so precious to me. You know, I think Mm -hmm. uh, when I spoke to you last, I was in a bit more of a rush to jump into that brick and mortar situation. And after being. Well, that's in your blood. I mean, as a chef for years and years and years, you've always done brick and mortar. Right. So that's sort of what you know. Well, I've yeah. got a question because, I mean, is there any competition? Are there any other Palestinian restaurants? Or... Chicken and fries restaurants? No. I think... No, no, but the way you, the way, your way. I mean, is there any competition? Not, I I, I don't think so. Not in the particular way that we're doing it. I don't think, you know, of course, Rafiti's doing awesome things at Albi. Um, and Yellow, but it's t- totally different. It is really That's a different. To- I mean, his stuff is amazing. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But it's a totally different concept. It is. It really is. And, you know, the there is Palestinian representation, of course, also the guys in Z and Z doing their minutiae, which yep. is incredible as well. Um, and I think this is definitely another facet of Palestinian cuisine that is maybe underrepresented. in. Well, the I think Palestinian cuisine is underrepresented anyway. I yes. mean, it's really starting to I was in the West Bank over the summer. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it 
it's really starting to gain some traction of interest to chefs in the states yeah. as far as serving it to people in the states. Yeah, yeah I said that. I said you were you were in the I West Bank. I was in the West yeah. Bank over the Incredible. summer. So yeah. um, anyway, all right. Well. Let's. I mean, Kat is here, which we will get to. Yeah. But let's talk about what you're pouring for us first. Yeah, so we are doing this collaboration with Please Bring Chips, and the idea is Palestinian— Look at me. Look at me. I'm sorry. Is uh, Palestinian <laughs> hospitality, like, you know, from our hearts at our table. And, of course, the only way to start off that meal is with a sip of something. And traditionally, there's this drink called Jalab, which you can start or end with, you know, your meal. It's this beautiful, sweet, sour, tangy— Date molasses, rose water, uh, little sipper, and that is this beautiful. Great. All right, while yeah. you pour it, we're gonna get on line with. Uh, we're gonna yeah. start talking chocolate and gelato. So I will just say, for many of you, as you know, David and I um, were fortunate enough to travel to Italy uh, in September, and Venci gelato. It's all over Rome. It's on the Via del Corso. I mean, I mean we always get some whenever we're there. It was like there. our room was papered with it. I know. <laughs> it's, it's everywhere. so good. Uh, but now we find out that Venci is uh, opened in Tyson's Corner, and we're so excited that we get to talk with someone who represents it and can tell us all about the history because it has a very rich history. So Sara Baroni is the brand manager for Venci Fine Chocolates, and um, uh, she, she's the one that knows everything. So welcome to Foodie and the Beast. Buenasera, right? No, no, it's no. Well, there. it's Buenasera for you, Buongiorno, Bon Martina, really for us. Okay. We're, you know, it's it's early here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so. But, but um, hi everybody, and thanks for having me. We're glad to have you. Can we start with? I mean, Venci has a 140 year history. Uh, I don't expect you to give us blow by blow for each year, mm-hmm. but um, give us a background on 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 the company. Yeah, sure. So Venki history began with Silviano Venki, our founder. Oh, it's key. Started C-H-I. His... Mm. Venki, not Venki. Venki. We've been saying it wrong. Yeah, we've yeah. been saying it Venki. wrong. Venki. Venki. Yes, sure. <laughs> Venki history started more than 140 years ago when Silviano Venki started to experiment with chocolate in Turin. And then all he tried to experiment with different kinds of chocolate, like Janduya, for example, which is uh, uh, born in Turin. So it's specifically specifically born in the northern part of Italy and started producing many different forms and recipes of chocolate. During the year, we launched so many different recipes. Um, and then we start opening our retail stores as well. But mm-hmm. only in 2006, we started offering gelato as well to enrich our offer and really uh, with the goal in mind to uh, offer three 60 degrees uh, experience of chocolate so offering chocolate in all its possible forms mm-hmm. so now in our chocolate gelateria around the, the globe we are more than 170 stores wow and we offer chocolate the gelato is made freshly every day in the stores mm-hmm. plus we have also chocolate slabs pralines and a wide offer of gift boxes as well because you know we are italians we love to celebrate right. the boxes are beautiful <laughs> well you know th- it's an interesting point you made because there are plenty of food providers purveyors of all types that have sort of a commissary setup where it's you know their 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 goods are made in a central location then shipped out to the stores and you have 100 what'd you say 170 locations and they all make their own gelati every morning? Yes, exactly. Basically, all our chocolate is made in Cuneo, in Castelletto Stura, in the northern part of Italy, and it's shipped worldwide. While our gelato is made fresh every day with, you know, like milk and fruits, and the gelato base is shipped from Cuneo. So, yes, basically, it's the real Italian recipe of gelato made every day fresh for the customers. That's amazing. So how do you go about training all the people in the different stores to make sure there's a consistency with gelato? Because gelato is not an easy product. Not sure. We have a group of trainers who travel worldwide, but also we think that uh, the memory of taste of everyone in every single uh, um part of the world is quite different. So yeah. using the fresh milk and fresh fruit gives a slightly different flavor into our Italian gelato. So that's why people can still enjoy it with a, in, with a Venki style, but with their own uh, uh, kind of memory of taste. Mm. Well, let's talk about some of the chocolates that you're offering, because it's not just like dark chocolate, darker chocolate, and milk chocolate. You guys have a variety 
of bars and tastes and flavors. How do you guys come up with all the different concepts? Well, during the year, we start experimenting because we have a bunch of very uh, historic uh, recipes like Gianluiotto, Cremino, the Nugatin that Venki itself, Sidiano Venki invented. But we also started to create also, for example, our new hero product, which is the Chocoviers. Basically, there are cubes with very surprising fillings and uh, uh, cover with chocolate caviar, so this small microsphere of chocolate, very great. surprising, mm -hmm. very unique. <laughs> and also we have our Italian dessert family, for example, so tiramisu, panna cotta, and also bacio di dama that we sent uh, over right. to you. That's what we have. Basically, yes, are basically the most uh, um, famous Italian dessert reinvented in a chocolate uh, version, just to to enjoy them as a treat, as a bite. Mm -hmm. And so now at the store in Tyson's, all these things are available? Yeah, sure. We Right now we are doing the Valentine's Day campaign, so you can also enjoy a special capsule collection made by teen hearts, books, and lots of uh, Valentine gift ideas. But mm -hmm. you, we also, uh, you also can find uh, all our chocolate offers in, ter in terms of bars, pralines, chocolate labs, and of course our fresh gelato. Do you, it's... Is Valentine's Day actually a thing in Italy? Um, yes. A and, little bit. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Still, you know, in we the, are romantic, so... I was going to say, in the country of love, months. every day is Valentine's no, Day. No, I know, but is, yeah, do you, you know, celebrate yeah. Valentine's Day for real? I don't know. I would say we always have try to to find a special occasion to celebrate and go out to, to enjoy a special dinner, so yes. All right, I have another question. The, the store in Tyson's Corner, for example, which is relevant to all of us, will they do special events? I mean, can we do a birthday party and have, uh, you know... Uh, it's a store. No, 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 but have, have, have Venki chocolates and, and gelati brought to you know, my kid's birthday party or an event that we're having at home and mm. that sort of thing? Yeah, for sure, you can talk with the store manager and run something like that because uh, we can ship uh, the chocolate and uh, the gelato for sure. Oh, so you ship your gelato as well? Uh, in the DC area, yes. So near oh. the the oh man, very cool venue, yes, for sure. So we can have Palestinian fried chicken and and, and fries, <laughs> and then follow it up with <laughs> Italian <laughs> dessert. Accidenti. All okay. right. All right, please tell everybody where they can find uh, Venki Chocolates online and on Instagram, please. Sure. So you can go to us.venki.com to discover all our assortment of chocolate. And also uh, you can visit our Instagram page, Venki underscore USA. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank right. you, Sarah. Thank Thanks, you. Sarah. Um, it's Foodie and the Beast. We just left Italy. We're going to Palestine next. <laughs> we'll be back in just a I, sec. I didn't bring my passport. <laughs> you know, Nick, back in the day when I worked for Hex, the Hex warehouse is over on uh, New York Avenue, and we hated being sent over there to do stuff because there was nowhere to eat for lunch. It was a wasteland. Well, not anymore. So the Ivy City area has exploded. And, you know, the very first restaurant over there was the Tavern at Ivy City Smokehouse. Now, this is a great neighborhood restaurant, but it's also a destination restaurant. First of all, they smoke all their seafood, and that is incredible. But it also is a huge kitchen that does amazing dishes, fresh seafood, great burgers, the whole deal. But the space is what you really need to check out. An amazing outdoor patio where you want to sit and have cocktails. They do live music there all the time and other live shows. And there is a great event space. So if you're looking for a place to hold a wedding or have a party, you definitely want to check out the Tavern at Ivy City Smokehouse. Well, it's uh, about 20 years too late, but now I have a good reason to go over to Ivy City and the Tavern at Ivy City Smokehouse. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis, and um, now we're going. We're going. I love that that we're going back to Palestine, um, Chef. How do you work with Cat and Cat? You join no, no, in no. Here. You're jumping ahead. So, Chef, let's talk about the pa ahead. what Palestinian chicken is and the kinds of things that you're serving at the Shababi pop up. Yeah, so this is you know Shababi itself was a concept that was built on this combination of. The different types of chicken that chickens that are notorious in Palestine. We've mm -hmm. got the rotisserie mm -hmm. chickens of the West Bank, and we got masachan, which is a national dish of Palestine, which is slow roasted chicken that is covered with sumac and allspice. Mm -hmm. This is a combination of those two. Mm -hmm. Now, in addition to that, we have a 
plethora of items on this menu. This is a nine-course menu, essentially, that is really kind of evolving Shababi, the concept, out of the box and mm-hmm. bringing things that, you know, this is our first time that you get to have it in a dine-in experience. Well, actually, we got a little sneak peek because you did cater a friend of ours' yes. birthday party. Yes. So we know exactly yes. what's going to be on that menu. Exactly. And it's delicious. Yes. And we have some additional things, you know, shout out to Gaza with uh, a clay pot shrimp style prawn dish with mm. muftul, which is Palestinian couscous, in addition to, you know, those traditional Shababi things. So there are some... Uh, new things that we've been working with that are popping up on it as well. All right, All right but now, now Kat. But, well, wait, now my question. Because okay. Kat, you know, you, you're presented with the opportunity to come up with drinks that, that uh, pair with uh, Marcel's menu. And did you know anything about Palestinian food? Did you have to start from the start? Kat is a professional, I want <laughs> she to might add. Be a she's professional. got a pretty good resume. This wait, is wait, 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 what wait, she's wait. doing. I, I understand, but our son Sam is also professional, and he would need to start from the start. So, yes, that's true. So, oh, you know, how did I, it work? I, I mean, I think it was, uh, you know, I, I had a, a general mm. idea, uh, but kind of tuning in with what Marcel was doing specifically. With the shababi menu, I was able to pull all of the flavor profiles. The well, that's what I meant. They're spices, they're flavors with. that you're not used to. You're not seeing everywhere else. So. Right, exactly. So, for example, you know, this is a great segue into the next thing that I am pouring for you all right now, which is going to be the next, what will come um, in the beverage experience after the jalab, which is an olive oil and za'atar infused martini. Mm. So that's good. I... I will listen. I will always have a martini on a menu. I love martinis. Mm -hmm. I was able to do a fat washing with olive oil and do a zatar infused cookie americano. Uh, And then right on top for the garnish is actually just a little bit of olive oil and sumac uh, to sort of look like a pimento stuffed olive. It really did. Yeah. That was beautiful. And it's a really, um, it's a really flavorful martini. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not a martini drinker, but I can appreciate the aesthetics of one. And I just think that this, the the wash in it really gives it um, some texture. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's definitely, I think, subtle without being too, too overwhelming mm-hmm. when it comes across exactly how I wanted it to play. Excellent. So. All right. Okay. We'll come back to you guys. All right. Now we're going to introduce. Now we're going to another Italian. Chef Antonio Salvatore <laughs> Di Gregorio, known to us as Hello. Chef Tony Di Gregorio. Hi, Tony. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, glad, to, glad have to have you. you. So you're now the executive chef at Kingbird in the Watergate, yep. and you have made a menu, uh, kind of an, uh, well, an American we... sla- wait, slash okay. French fusion thing. Uh, how did you get to all this? To give us a little bit about your background and, and why you did what you did at Watergate. So I spent the past eight years working with uh, Chef Daniel Ballou down in Palm Beach, Florida, mm-hmm. and then I you know, made my transition up here to D.C. to open a restaurant for him, and now I'm happily working at the Watergate Hotel. So wait, were you part of the opening team at DBGB? Correct. I was the opening what, chef. So mm-hmm. uh, with Leo? Wasn't there a guy named Leo? Leo? No, no. Not there. eight years ago when they opened, when we reopened. Uh, oh, when about you a year reopened. Ago in okay. There was a guy named Leo there. I'm just telling you. Um, okay. So when you reopened, what were the kind of. What was the kind of cuisine that you were working on with Chef Balud and his concepts? Well, it was a little more casual out of all of his restaurants that he has in the group, but it definitely had a very strong French-forward theme. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Boudin Blanc and Coco Vaughn and things like that. So I'm taking, you know, that's my background and my training is French food. And Mm -hmm. here at the Watergate, we're trying to do modern contemporary food, but, you know, very local, working with local farms out of Pennsylvania, Virginia, Maryland. And And is that at at your initiative? Is that something that you want to be doing? Yeah. So how did you go about, since you came up from Miami, how did you go about finding the producers who you wanted to work with, making those relationships? Well, even down in Florida, it was always about using the local food. That's always been something that I, you know, want to do and work really hard to do. So I just started looking around at local farms and seeing what was available and introducing myself and talking with local farms and using their product. And they've always been great about backing me and what we do. So we just work with them as much as we can so we can provide the best How product. do you do that? Do you get on, literally get in the car and start driving? Or do they all bring it to you? Or well, we work? know that there's amazing farmer's markets here. Which yeah, can there's also a great farmer's with... markets. Mm-hmm. And then you also look through purveyors, who the purveyors are working with, and then you reach out directly to the farms and mm. you know try to get them to make some things specifically for you and so it can be the way that you want it and up to your standards and sizes and quality and you know, just continue to work with them and build that relationship. But since you're in a hotel, mm-hmm. that means you're serving a lot of people. 
yes. right? Because you have, I mean, how many guests does that hotel? Oh, we hold? can have around 300 people in the hotel, and we also have many outlets. Right. So, you know, so do you handle all the all the events too? Yeah, we do banquets up to 350, yeah. 400 people. So it's a great banquet space. And then we have the beautiful top of the gate when the season is right, and we're doing Mediterranean food up there. We have a mm-hmm. whiskey bar that was just renovated, so small bites and whiskey flights and things like that. Right. And then Kingbird itself. Do you ever so. think about opening up a vein and just letting it all go? <laughs> I, I so gotta... let's talk about, so you brought in a ton of food today. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the kind of food that one can experience at Kingbird, and then I'd love to talk about how you're creating separate menus for the other entities. So for Kingbird itself, you know, to start out, we have great charcuterie options, you know, that we're sourcing. uh, And we have full muscle cures and sausages and pâtés and Mm -hmm. mousses and things like that. But then we have lots of fresh salads, roasted beet, lobster salad, seasonal salad, like our wintergreen that features pears and persimmons and bitter greens and apples. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, all the hand-cut pastas that we're doing in-house, tagliolini, ravioli, stuff with seafood. And then... You know, great proteins. I'm working with some rockfish that's coming right out of Maryland, some ducks uh, from Pennsylvania, Jergowitz ducks, and then we have a surf and turf with Maine lobster, strip steak, and all that kind of good stuff. And how, um, so going into a kitchen that was already in place, mm-hmm. how did you go about making it your own? Because it's not always easy stepping into, I mean, you have other chefs in here who can also mm-hmm. agree with that. Stepping into a a space that somebody else already housed. It's definitely all about just leading and setting the example. If people see you working hard and putting passion into what you do, they're going to follow suit. You know. Mm -hmm. Did you bring your own people? Any of your own people with you? I I brought a couple guys who followed me from DBGB. Mm -hmm. um, Not too many, and then I'm really working with the existing staff. And you know, they see the direction that we're going in, and they take a lot of pride in what we're doing. So they're they're sticking along with us. So, okay, so you have, do you guys do, with the Kennedy Center right around the corner Mm -hmm. from you, do you do a lot of pre-theater, post, are are you guys open post-theater? Yeah, we're open uh, dinner at Kingbird from 5 o'clock until around 10 o'clock at night. Okay. You know, we do do a lot of our business at the pre-theater from 5 to 6.30. We're right across the street from the Kennedy Center, and we have a special three-course menu that people can come in, order quickly, get their food quickly, and make it over to the show in time. Okay. But what about after yeah, the show? Yeah, after the show, what are the options? Are we like the only people who want to eat well, after the show? After the show, uh, we have plenty of, of availability, and the full menu is there. So if you want something that's more elegant, maybe a date night, something like that, it's a perfect opportunity to come, Ooh, get a bottle of wine. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so what did they do to the whiskey bar? Because that was a pretty funky-looking space, pre-renovation. The the whiskey bar they renovated a couple years ago. It has uh, beautiful uh, bottles all around it, and it's very nice and secluded, low tables, comfortable chairs. And we just redid the menu about a month ago, uh, focusing on small bites, things that you can eat with your hands, Mm -hmm. and things like that. What? what? So we have some chicken sliders, uh, fromage de tete, which goes into that French influence. It's a boiled pig's head, which has been seasoned with sherry vinegar and mustard. And then you just lost my husband. You <laughs> it's, just it's, lost it's very good stuff, I promise you. <laughs> I hope the pig was yeah. dead. That's well, the it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's then balled and breaded and deep fried. So, mm-hmm. Does it look like a head? No, it's a ball, like <laughs> an arancini, but with oh, pig meat. Pig head balls. Go. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Just for that, I'm going to come in and try it. <laughs> I am. And um, what about brunch, lunch? How are you guys handling all that? Because it's so, um, in a hotel, you have to supply so many other things than uh, a restaurant that doesn't have that kind of structure. Yeah, we're open all day pretty much. We do breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So a lot of our people that come for breakfast and lunch are hotel uh, guests, but we're also open to the public. So we have things from braised short rib hash, uh, pancakes made fresh every morning, chicken Mm -hmm. and waffles, grits, oatmeal. Shababi what about chicken? what about <laughs> shababi chicken? Right? <laughs> what about event space? I, I mean, do they do? They, I, I know obviously you do you know meetings mm-hmm. and all that, but how big is the like the ballroom? Our, our ballroom is beautiful. It was just renovated a couple years ago as well, and we can easily fit about four hundred people in That's there. Huge. Wow! Yeah. yeah. So now let's talk a little bit about you and your style and how now that you're leading up this kitchen without being uh, you know sort of. Um, connected with a larger chef, Mm -hmm. how do you go about making your own space and making it yours? I mean, taking from what you know, but looking forward. Well, the way I've always done with my cooking style is I like to play with flavors and textures and, you know, use one ingredient and use different variations of it. Mm -hmm. So I try to be very seasonal and use the items that are in season and just play with them and, 
use them as many ways as I can on a dish and pair it with a protein and a nice sauce. Everything's made in-house from the jus to the beurre blancs every day, soup sauces. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of trying to pave my own way with, uh, you know, just concentrating on local food. Do you okay. sleep? Uh, very little. Okay. I live right down the street from the hotel. I'm always there. Um, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, I'd like to know more about how, you know, coming from Miami and sort of that sort of lifestyle and how you match or find your match here in D.C. We should talk about Valentine's Day, too. Okay, we can talk about that, too. Yeah. This is uh, David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Chef Tony D. Gregorio. Executive chef at Kingbird in the Wasn't Watergate. Wasn't that Cha-Cha's name in Greece? Yes, Cha-Cha it was. Cha-Cha Gregorio. Is she your relative? <laughs> no. All right, no. Wait, what was she? Something she's got the worst reputation. <laughs> Isn't that the line from Greece? <laughs> That's what they always said. <laughs> All right. Okay. You have a so, question. Yes. Well, so before we took a break, I wanted to know about your transition from Miami to D.C. Because, you know, Miami is like flashy and uh, hot and sexy. And D.C., has its value, but I, I think, think I'm wait, hot and sexy. Wait a minute. Stop talking. Um, but I think that people have a uh, ill-conceived notion of who they're feeding in D.C. And um, I think we're kind of looked down upon a lot of times when people come here, whether it's from New York or Miami or L.A. And I'm just sort of curious how you found the transition for yourself. Well, it was great coming to D.C. from Miami for a couple of reasons, one of them being that the – People that are here and eat around here are very diverse. It's a lot of older people down uh, in Florida. So here we have a great young demographic who's looking. Yeah, you close the restaurant at 7. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so they, they're more adventurous with what they want to eat. So that's great. But we also still have some older people who you know, have money to spend and want to indulge. And then the other great thing coming from Miami is, yeah, it's hot and it's flashy, but it's always hot. So when it comes time to doing the seasonal dishes like for the wintertime and the stews and the braises, yeah, you can do it because the produce is in season, but it still doesn't feel right. Who really wants to have a French onion soup or a beef bourguignon when, right, it's, when it's 80 degrees yeah, out? Yeah, I don't. So here, exactly. Here, mm-hmm. it's it just feels right to be able to do those dishes, and you can play more with the seasons. I love that. Okay, so you're happy here in D.C.? Very happy. Oh, well, that's good to hear. Okay, go ask your Valentine's Day question. I won't be your Valentine's Day. Thanks, Mommy. (laughs) I I already have a Valentine. Um, uh, Tell us about what you have planned there. Because, you know, that's a a very special date night for a very special... Well, it's kind of like a week now because exactly. it's week. before the weekend yeah, you gotta and it's in the middle the of the week this year. Once you've right? been married for 30 years, it's like, well, it's a commercial holiday. But, mm. uh, you know, for romantics. I'll take a gift whenever I can get one. That's Don't I know it, pal. That's another show. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we will be working on a couple of things. We're going to have a pre menu. So three courses with some great things like lobster bisque, European turbo, uh, braised short rib, mm. filet mignon, uh, foie gras, all those uh, good, nice, pricey items to indulge in. Right. Chocolates for everybody that comes, free roses. Uh, we're going to be doing chocolate classes up in the lobby, things like that. Chocolate classes on Valentine's Day? Correct. Or Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. What kind of chocolate classes? So we're going to be working with a local chocolatier. We're still figuring out who it's going to be, but I mean, they'll be doing Benji. chocolate classes. and. <laughs> Venki. 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 Exactly. We're going to fly like them all the way out from Italy. Yeah. No, they're no, in Tyson's, Tyson's Oh, exactly. Perfect. Okay. What's the matter for you? There we go. Okay. <laughs> all right, Chef. Thank you so much for of joining course. us this morning, thank bringing all this gorgeous food. It's beautiful. Please tell us um, where we can find you on Instagram and where we can find the restaurant. Uh, so the restaurant is located in the Watergate Hotel, 2650 Virginia Avenue, right mm-hmm. on the water. And uh, we have all of our Instagram handles, Kingbird and Watergate Hotel. On Instagram. Thank he knows you, his Chef. stuff. Thank, thank you. you. Okay, so I am not a martini drinker, but I drank this whole thing. It's delicious. <laughs> I mean, thank God it was, it was a little, little it's bit. It's going to be an interesting afternoon at the Nellis house. <laughs> so, Kat, tell us a little bit about the Please Bring Chips space See and how what slowly it is. She said that. I have to <laughs> think about it while I'm saying it. So, tell us about what it is and how you guys are executing it. Sure. So, we've had the space for um, about a year now. Um, We've been a catering company for quite a bit longer than that. Uh, This is our first brick-and-mortar space that we are running our own events out of, and we've now taken it um, into a different direction where we are able to host pop-ups. So Mm -hmm. last, or the pop-up that we previously did, we worked with Caleb and Roran from Magpie Magpie and the Tiger, Mm -hmm. 
now we're super excited to be working with Marcel and Shababi, and then we've got some other stuff that's coming up afterwards. But you'll just why is it called Please Bring Chips? Ah, it's named uh, after our three owners: Peter Chang, Brandon Hill, and Chad Drummond. So oh. PBC. Um, oh, I. They went with. It took me a little bit long. I had been working for the company, and then one day it, it clicked. Like the three names were in order, and I said. Wait, really? Oh, right. that's it. So I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel slow. Okay. okay no, 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 no. Uh, most people just assume that we bring chips to every offsite event. Right. But we do. We actually don't. We're lazy. So we don't bring are a you a, is it a catering company on top of an event space? Is that what's happening? Yeah. So okay. we're, we're, we're pretty multi-purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we work with, um, we work with museums, we work with private companies, we do offsite events, we do on-site stuff, we do online. During the pandemic, we were doing online cocktail classes, we were doing cocktail classes in the space now, where, right. you know, all sorts of different activations. Excellent. And how do you and Marcel work together to come, like, did you get to, like, have a sit down with each other and really talk about Marcel? Were you like, these are the flavors that I want to see, or did, were you like, Kat, you show me what you can do? How did you guys collaborate? Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I sent them in se- in essentially an encyclopedia of things that we drink <laughs> in yeah. our culture. It was a uh-huh. very long <laughs> list, actually. So it was great. Um, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's like so many flavors and fruits and spices and juices and teas and so many things and mm-hmm. you know that are a cornerstone of the culture and cuisine. Uh, having that conversation was so easy, and of course, you know, the mastermind when is I think. Given As, this information, was able to just it was a beverage director's dream of just trying to come up with you know multiple menus and then just having somebody say here are every all the ingredients that you need just fill in the blanks and yeah. so that's essentially what I did and all the ingredients <laughs> was like a hundred yeah right. so. right. it, like it was it was pretty extensive right. so. okay so Kev what did you make for us now right uh, so in addition to having a boozy beverage experience we also have. Um, a very extremely important non-boozy beverage, beverage experience. So you can come in. Is there such a thing? Yeah, yes, you know. Dry January. Um, it's, you know, yeah, dry January. For whatever reasons that you do decide that you don't want to booze up, by all means. So this one uh, is a little bit of apricot, some Moroccan Beautiful. mint, green tea, lemon. And it's actually shaken with aquafaba, which is chickpea juice, mm-hmm. because we have more than enough chickpeas that we are working with now. And it gives it that sort of. The same sort of thickness that an egg white would, but vegan. Who was on? Was it last week? We were talking about aquafaba again. Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah. years ago, uh, Lebanese Taverna came on, and they were making cocktails with aquafaba, and that was probably like ten years ago. But that was the mm-hmm. first time that I was seeing the liqueur used from chickpeas. And now, I mean, it's such a an amazing. Um, Took it a while to catch on. Well, it's versatile. Yeah. It's so versatile. It's unbelievable. Yeah, so you can you can do desserts. I with have it to say something. Yeah, so when you talking. turn in the left profile, you do not look unlike Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> you oh, get, what a compliment! You get, <laughs> you're just gonna call me Iron Man next. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I think you go. you're a long it's way from true. Iron Man. Okay. <laughs> it's really true. All right, all right. We'll come back to you guys at all the end. Are we ready to talk to Colin? We are ready to talk to Colin. Colin McClimans, he's chef owner of DC's. Nina May, which we experienced is down on 11th Street, uh, right it. after you open. I love it. Well, we've That's been there great. multiple times. Yeah, I'm a but very I'm just saying, brunch fan. There. We did to go during during the COVID pandemic. and all that. Uh, he's now opened Opal up at Chevy Chase near Chevy Chase Circle, uh, just south. Yep. Thank yep. you God because okay. that was a wasteland, and um, you've got another one coming uh, shortly. Well, let's farther stick with, up. Let's well, start I'm with just Opal. giving everybody the lay of the okay, land. Okay, so you opened up Nina May. So how long you opened it? Uh, like November 2019. Right. So. <laughs> uh, perfect timing. Good timing. Uh, yeah, perfect timing. Uh, yes. Very very good reception. Obviously we focus on hyper local, so we try to source everything uh, within 150 miles of the restaurant, and that mm-hmm. kind of drives the menu there. Uh, we're known for Chef Choice, which is a family style tasting menu. So we did um, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That kind of lets you taste as many uh, as many dishes really as you can eat. Uh, so right now it's six dishes, one being dessert. Um, all serve family style, so uh, chicken and pasta and veggies. Can we go backwards a yep. little okay. with you because you're a local boy? Yep. And how did you get into this? I mean, weren't I'm doing this from memory, so I don't know. Were you were you a lacrosse player? You were something yep. else. And, so I, and, I played lacrosse in college. Yeah. Uh, but I, I grew up here, spent my whole childhood. Really, have lived here my whole life. Uh, knew at a young age, I didn't want to work in an office or do an office job. My Parents don't have like culinary or hospitality backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, started working at restaurants when I was 13 as a busser and then dishwasher and kind of fell in love. With, Local restaurants? Uh, no. So I spent, weirdly, I used to spend my summers in Ohio where my grandparents lived. Okay. Um, and I used to coach sailing uh, up there on the Great Lakes. Um, and so I spent every summer there from uh, about eight years old until about 24 years old. Uh, and there's a great restaurant there called Chez Francois, no relation to the one that's here. Um, that's jacket required, that's classical French food, um, and it's in a very small town about 40 miles out of Cleveland. Mm. And I worked there. I worked in a couple bars and not great places in the beginning, and then I went in there one day and said, I'll work for free. I just, this is where I need to work. And I, you know, like breaded soft shell crabs for chefs and cut parsley and brinoise 22 quarts of vegetables for many, many summers. And that was kind of my... I guess, training into cooking and fine dining and kind of went there. Interesting. To, it turned you on. It didn't turn you off. Yep. And yeah. then I, again, I, my parents were very adamant that this is not what I should do. Um, <laughs> and so I got a business degree um, from Catawba College, which is a small liberal arts school in Salisbury, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I started working in hotels uh, kind of simultaneously. And I worked in some fast casual places, taco places, and just kind of try to get as much experience as possible. Well, your business degree has to help. With running a restaurant. Uh, yes, 100%. Again, I um, I have a major in, in business management, and I have a minor in accounting, which obviously in terms of running a restaurant sure. and trying very to make helpful. money is, is very I good. have a feeling that the bad food at Murray is what you said. I could do better than this. <laughs> I will never speak uh, poorly of Ridgewell's catering. Uh, but, you know, again, I, I might yeah, my dad's a great— Yeah, I think Ridgewell's was catering uh, they, they when you were there. When I, so. I think the Lincoln family was yeah, catering. Exactly. My parents were very good cooks, and— my mother wants me to clear up the air that they took us to more than just the old arugula space restaurant, that we were very well cultured. Um, but, you know, we went out to eat and, and we, um, you know, again, food was always a big part of my family life. And mm-hmm. then as I got older, just, you know, really was something I pursued. So, well, let's talk about Opal. Well, before we get to Opal, I, I want to talk about sort of how Opal came to be because you're running this. Uh, Nina May is, you know, how many seats is that? Like, uh, it kind of depends. It's about 75 inside seats. And obviously okay. now it, it depends if you're talking about pre-pandemic Outside. or post-pandemic right. with right. streeteries. But we're usually around 150 seats. Okay, so it's larger that. than I yeah. than I get the feel of when I'm there. Yeah. Um, but you have that restaurant. It's a neighborhood gem. So what was it about going up to Chevy Chase and the space that you saw in Opal? Because that's a, that's a harder well, nut plus to crack. You just barely, not barely, but you survived the pandemic, which was... You know, bad for a lot of people. And Nina May was very busy up till the pandemic, and we actually were looking at another project kind of in that time frame, uh, you know, between February and March of 2020. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that kind of got uh, sidetracked because mm-hmm. just a lot of uncertainty. Um, but I think for myself and my business partner, we really were trying to do what we did at Nina May, which was uh, be an approachable restaurant and be a, um, a neighborhood restaurant um, and really be something for a community. And as much as I love Shaw and Logan Circle, um, that's not really where I'm from. Um, obviously, there's a lot of nightlife there, and you know, right off 14th Street, and it's downtown. And um, but for me, you know, my kids go to school up here. Uh, I live up here. My parents live up here. My in-laws live up here. My business partner lives up here. Um, You're up here. Yeah, I'm up here. So okay. <laughs> Wait, Maryland side or DC side? I live in DC. My uh, parents you, live in sir. DC. My uh, my brother lives in Maryland, in Kensington, and That's again, my a lot of my family is is here, mm-hmm. um, and and we felt like this area, again, I've always been kind of poking around at restaurants, kind of on the avenue or on that strip. Well, and, but there's a, such an opportunity there because, uh, I mean, there have been a number of epic fails up there. You know, there. I mean, well, it's a sweet spot. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of restaurants that have been there for a very long time uh, that have you know have a special place in a lot of people's parts mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, the Parthenon and, the Parthenon, and sure. all those places have been and there Macon 20, is great. 20 plus but, years. And so, you know, we were just trying to figure out, you know, is there something else that we can offer to this neighborhood? And I feel like there's a, a demographic change that's happening. And you have like my parents who have lived here for 50 years. But that, there's younger families. And there's now, uh, you know, people that are raising young kids. Right. And, and all those people we felt like we were getting at Nina May. Um, and we felt like we were going to lose them because, again, to go – 20-minute Uber and, um, you know, go out to dinner and get a babysitter and do all those things is a little tough for some families, and we felt like we could we could attract those with them. So, about, wait, well, can we, we hear about the, Oh, so, I don't want to take a break. Well, you're going to have to. Well, so we're going to take a quick break, and we come back, let's talk about how you structured the menu at Opal. That's where I was going. And, um, 
and make it accessible to families because that's key to that area. This is David and Nikki Nellis. We'll be back in just a sec. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis continuing our conversation with Colin McClymas. Colin, talk about the menu at Opal. because We ate there. I, I liked the menu a lot. I thought mm-hmm. it was, you know. But if finding the right uh, for a neighborhood restaurant in that area, finding something that's accessible to people who, a couple who wants to go out and get a glass of wine and have dinner. And the and, stroller crowd. And the stroller crowd yeah. as well who wants to come in early, feed their kids, or, you know, take their kids to karate or whatever it is. You know, like, Finding that that balance is tough. Yeah, we felt like we couldn't just, uh, you know, copy what we had done at Nina May, and we mm-hmm. felt like what we did there was very much because of the neighborhood and what we felt like the neighborhood needed for uh, Logan Circle in that area. So when we were kind of developing the concept for the restaurant, obviously we had spent so much time researching local and seasonality, and we have all these purveyors that we work with all the time that we wanted to bring, but we wanted the menu to be different. Um, so we came up with a coastal American concept so that we're still sourcing from the mid-Atlantic, obviously, whenever possible, but that we could then kind of attack some of the seasons that we uh, don't really go after uh, at Nina May, which is really West Coast, uh, you know, chanterelle mushroom season. Obviously, there's a season here as well, but just being able to have a little bit more flexibility. You know, we've never had an avocado in Nina May. Uh, you know, being able to have some of those ingredients that we never will be able to use to kind of develop a, a different menu. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously there are a lot of restaurants in Chevy Chase that cater to, I would say, specifically families with children. Um, and we were trying to obviously have something that we felt like was for everybody, but was a little bit more elevated in the fact that it was a I want to tell you the night we were there, there were two babies there. Yep. Yeah. And <laughs> so, so they're trying, coming whether they you like coming. it or not. Again, and I, and I, I'm not trying to have anything that... Uh, or, I was ready to start breastfeeding for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. like, you know. We're not trying to... Um, have anybody feel like they can't come to the restaurant? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we don't have a kid's menu, but we also feel like the menu is diverse. I thought it was very warm. Get. And I mean, you know, this is unsolicited, but very warm and welcoming. And the people that were there, I can't remember specifically, but one of the babies was hungry and making noise. Nobody gave a hoot. It was great. Yeah, I mean, the restaurant is very busy right now and obviously has a lot of energy to it. And I think obviously in the in the beginning, five o'clock when we open, we do get a lot of families that are kind of coming in and trying to have a quick bite. And and for us to have a menu where you can get, again, we have we bake bread fresh out of our wood oven every single day. The bread day. is excellent. Um, so, again, that's really great for kids. We obviously do fresh pasta, also really great for kids. We have lots of veggies on the menu, uh, a whole section uh, that can kind of be uh, modified. I don't think you need a kid menu. I mean, I, again, listen, we, yeah. I, we don't have young kids anymore, but we were not – it wasn't necessary for us. It's totally possible to bring your kids into a restaurant and find food that everybody well, can eat. Well, I was going to – you know, it's kind of a – ancillary point but i mean it's kids should go out we we are all our kids we got five kids mm-hmm. they all went to restaurants early really right Babies. out of you know the minute they 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 exited the hospital and they were delivered they need to learn that they need to learn how to comport themselves and they also need to get familiar with the thing and if people can't dig it well no restaurant. but on the other side as a as a responsible parent if you got a screaming baby it's time to right. exit the building yeah you go I outside mean, and you, you walk them around both. but but i mean it's great that it's that kind of Yeah, we want to have an environment where you can get a quick bite and you can bring your kids and, again, you can feel like it's an elevated service. And it's not, again, there's nothing wrong with having pizza, but it's not pizza and mm-hmm. it's not, um, you know, simply... Um, Except you did come in with donuts. Yeah, I was going to say, our time is winding down. Again, we haven't discussed desserts. <laughs> no, it's not desserts. That's brunch. Don't, don't bogart those donuts, boy. <laughs> Pass them around. Let's see what you got. And everybody should dig in as well. Come on, yeah. Um, so let's talk about brunch. Thanks, when did you guys start doing it? Uh, we started brunch, I would say, probably six weeks ago. Okay. Um, Come on. A similar kind of concept to the dinner. Uh, mm-hmm. We're trying to offer um, oh, uh, coastal yeah. American food, kind of oh. seasonal and approachable. We do fresh baked pastries like the donuts I brought today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a carrot cake muffin. We do a coffee cake. Mm. Um, and again, what about your babka, man? You know I love your babka. It's coming back. Don't I know worry. it's labor intensive, but it's so yummy. It's good. It's good. I, you I, Nina May will get it, it uh, soon, very soon. Okay. Uh, it's in. It no. been since our last conversation. I, I I was over there and I said we got to bring it back. Okay. Right. He told I, I'm going to interrupt before you go, because radio is theater of the mind. Okay. And I want to give you mm-hmm. something to imagine. This donut is the size of a softball. Mm-hmm. And what's what filling am I eating? Is that apple? Apple. Uh, apple, yeah. So it's apple cider uh, compote, and it's a and brioche. And it is the perfect resistance to the tooth, 
with tons of sugar and apple. This is so a good donut. Don't baby. worry, Andy. I'm saving you some. Andy's like, where's my donut? Andy, forget <laughs> it. I'm eating yours. All right. Okay, so you're doing brunch. You've got dinner. Can we? Do we have time? Can I just talk to him? Two minutes, great. Can we talk about your wine program? Um, because it's it's a really good offering for you know a restaurant of your stature in Chevy Chase. I think for all the restaurants, we're always trying to be as approachable as possible. And mm-hmm. I think for Nina May and for Opal, we're trying to be as a neighborhood restaurant something that is uh, on the affordable uh, kind of scale. Mm-hmm. And we do the wine list just like we do the food menu where. We're not trying to, again, as much as I love expensive caviar and things like that, it's just not obtainable uh, if you want to make a restaurant where people go once a week or once a month or to Mm -hmm. the bar all the time. So we kind of have the same philosophy with the wine program that, again, the glasses of wine need to be flavorful, but they also need to be at a certain price point so that you decide after, you know, your dinner, even if you go somewhere else, that you can come here, get a glass of wine at the bar before Mm -hmm. your babysitter's up or before you want to go home. Um, Will you follow the same formula when you move farther up Connecticut Avenue? With the uh, Chevy Elena Chase? James is going to be our most casual concept. So it's and that, actually is that in the new in the Chevy Chase Lake development? Yep, that's wow. sitting in there. that like where the residents are. Like yep. That uh, so we're actually in the Ritz Carlton building is where the restaurant will be, Just and then obviously the there's Pizzuto apartments as well. But that'll be a breakfast, lunch, and dinner, uh, full service, uh, and then actually has a cafe attached to it that'll do uh, prepared food, sandwiches, salads, and pastries. And, and what's the ETA on that? Uh, it'll open in this year, 2023, probably spring or fall. Wow. I heard that the Ritz-Carlton says, yes, we're located in Chevy Chase right down from the Nellis. <laughs> that's, that's the name of it. That's right. <laughs> Again, I, I feel like we're designing the stool for you. Right the yeah, right we'll now. Be there. We can walk there. Um, well, please, thank you so much for coming in, bringing these beautiful things in. Tell us where we can find you online and where we can find you on Instagram, please. Uh, Instagram for the restaurants is Opal underscore DC, and then it's Nina May underscore DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then online, it's opal-dc.com and Nina May uh, DC.com. Excellent. Thanks, Chef. Thank you for everything. All right, let's get back to Shababi. Okay, so you guys are Thanks. doing a pop up there. Marcel, please tell us. I have one. Thank you. Please tell us what it's going to look like, what people are going to be participating in. Yeah, so services start this Thursday, mm-hmm. January 26th. Then the menu is a nine-item, nine-course menu um, with some traditional shababi OG items and some new stuff as well. Okay. Um, <clears throat> essentially, it's a family meal style, flow service. Everything's intended to be eaten together. We do have some a la carte specials nightly. I'm really excited. Well, I think the fact that it's nine courses but it's family style sort of changes that idea of the tasting menu. Right. Do you know what I mean? Because I think when somebody hears nine courses, they think two little plates, boom, two boom, little boom, plates. Boom. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But that's not how it's going to be. You won't leave hungry, I promise. <laughs> no way. No way. <laughs> it's not even that. No, no, you know, no. it's better because I'm one of those people. I, I – it's he hard is one for of those people. Tie me down to sit there with a the little stuff, but with family style. No, I just go out with it, other people. This, thank <laughs> you. Saying. If there's something that you like, you know, something that turns you on more than maybe the previous course, you can go back in. It's not just this little thing sitting in the middle of your plate and then you're done. Yeah, so the intention is it. definitely like all of the flavors meld, right? Mm-hmm. I think everything is best when it's eaten all together, and that's really the intention with the layout of the menu for sure. It's amazing, and then you'll be there for. Six we'll, weeks? Yeah, we'll be there from January 26th, this okay. Thursday, to okay. February 26th. Thursday, Friday, Saturday? What's Thursday, the... Friday, Saturday, and we do have some activations in between as well. Okay, great. What yeah. does that mean? We're doing a Valentine's Day menu on Valentine's Day, okay. which is really exciting. Um, and that is a complete branch off. So we'll be doing like rack of lamb, uh, a really great spicy lobster pot dish. Yum. Um, like a kibbeneye. Uh, so that Yum. I think, I believe oh, we're- I love kibbeneye. Yeah, I think that's about seven courses uh, for that kind of family style thing as well. Uh, We're going to do Super Bowl specials to go. We're going to do the long-awaited re-emerging of the Arias, which were those pressed pita sandwiches that we did. We'll do two Sunday daytime. uh, All right, well, you'll send me all that info so I can put it in the website. And Kat, how are you going to be uh, serving cocktails during this residency? Sure. So we're going to have a, we call it more, instead of a pairing, it's going to be more of a beverage experience. So it's not, as the the food is more of an, a flow, not an exact coursing, uh, everyone, you have the option of buying into 
beverage experience, like I said, alcoholic or non-alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And then we also will have several different a la carte Oh, wait, and I forgot to ask. You have a vegan option. Yeah, there's a plant-based menu, too. Okay, which I think Mm -hmm. is amazing. Yeah, and then actually what I'm pouring you guys right now, I wanted to do... What is this? So I wanted to do a sumac limeade because sumac, obviously, amazing, Mm. but then all of the juices, too. Mm -hmm. I went with a rum uh, sumac limeade, but it wasn't quite enough. Uh, So I then decided to add another step and to clarify it. But to keep it vegan, I clarified it with coconut milk instead of regular whole milk. Mm. So that's where you're getting sort of the smoothness from uh, and the coconut flavor and a little bit of extra sweetness. Excellent. So a nice, boozy, very approachable punch. Yeah, it doesn't taste boozy at all. It is. It's really approachable. And I want to announce that I will be driving home. <laughs> okay, so can you guys please give us um, your Instagram website, like where we can find out all the details, where we can make reservations, please? Sure. So um, so for us, you can find us on Instagram at um, please bring chips. Uh, please bring chips. chips. Exactly. Please bring chips, yes. And uh, we've got... The link in bio for our talk site that will have the regular um, experience for the five-week residency as well as the Valentine's Day. Um, so it's we, we're constantly reposting it everywhere on our social media. So you, sh- you should be able to find it pretty Excellent. easily. Excellent. Yeah. And we are at Shababi, D-C, S-H-A-B-A-B-I-D-C. Uh-huh. And, yeah, all the information you can find via our Instagram. You can go to shababichicken.com. Uh, there's also links through our website to great. the residency and tickets. Okay, great. Do you want to say your thing and then I'll I do want to say one thing because I'm okay, a little up. PO'd. Mm-hmm. The United States and Germany have got to give the leopard tanks to the Ukrainians. This war is, I mean, it's it's a it's an abomination. Um, people are dying and suffering, and the, I mean, what's happening there? What the, the fear that the Russians are going to do something more is really ridiculous because unless they use nukes, they're not. So give them the leopard tanks and on our side, open up your wallets and help the Ukrainian refugees. I mean, there are refugees all over the world from all sorts of lousy situations, and we need to, to think outside our box and, and help all those folks. Yes, thank you. Okay. Um, so not a politics show, but a little bit of politics. Yes, at it the very is. End. Uh, so we want to thank all of our guests for coming in with copious amounts of food and uh, amazing information about what's happening in the D.C. food, wine, and hospitality scene. Please follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for everything you heard here today and more. Tune in to Industry Night on Thursdays on all the podcast stations, but now you can watch us on YouTube to check out Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. I've got great guests and really fun content. Uh, And go to the list, areyouonit.com. Com. Whoops, it's not a con because everything you heard here today can be found on there. Every event, every food and wine happening and every opening. Uh, We want to thank all of our guests again and we want to thank you for joining us. Have a delicious week.